0: Deconstruction Pod, Deconstruction Pod, with Josh Garcia. Welcome to the pod. Hi, Jessica.
1: Hi, Josh.
0: <laughs> we have Jessica Farber in quote-unquote studio, a.k.a. my dining room, and I'm so glad to have you on the podcast you are uh, one of the more interesting and funny improvisers at FCI. Oh, thank you. Um, and you're a cool cat, it seems like. So wanted to have you on.
1: Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's an honor.
0: Oh, thank you. Um,
1: first podcast.
0: Yeah. Is it your first podcast? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's see how it goes. Yeah. Let's cross our fingers. <laughs> so we were just talking off air. Huh. <laughs> Uh, i'm using the lingo (laughs) off air we're just talking before i hit the record button uh about your job which is you're a nanny
1: i am okay Mm -hmm. so
0: how long have you been a nanny and how did you get into that
1: i have been with my current family for this november which it's august right now will be five years and one year before that and so a total of six years which is like Wait.
0: Uh-oh.
1: Yeah, a total of six years. Six years.
0: Do you mind if I ask you how old you are? What's your age?
1: I'm 32.
0: 32. So you started nannying at 26. Is mm. that, is that is the math right on that?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah. S- okay. And so you had a different family for a year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then you changed to your current family, and you've been mm-hmm. with them for five years.
1: Almost, yeah. Wow. Coming up.
0: And that's your full-time gig?
1: Yeah, full That's time. True. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: how did you? So how did you get into that?
1: Well, I moved out here at 26, and I have a fine arts degree.
0: You moved from Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, East mm-hmm. Coast. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: but five years while getting my degree, and I worked at a preschool. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a teaching credential. But I had experience working with kids, so mm-hmm. my I was just seeing like what I could get a job with yeah. that's like pretty stable and can be like a real job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, so I came out here without any job. Just a friend had a room for me mm-hmm. available, so I moved in. I worked at Starbucks for a little, and then I was ner- I got the Starbucks job, and I was like, shit, I still need to find a job. And I, at that time, I went through nannying agencies and went on interviews, but didn't get any of those jobs.
0: But you decided to go into nannying because of your pre-K type of experience? Yeah,
1: and I guess I just need money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah.
0: See, but a lot of people say, like, I need money to a little job, but you're the first or one of the, or maybe the second person who's a nanny. And that's a, I mean, that's a very niche type of thing and a very...
1: I guess because the money so I'm like how can I make the, out of my experience the maximum money okay without going back, back to, to school, school or got getting cert- certification got it so I didn't get any of the jobs that I went through the agency with but yeah. my old my other I had a friend old roommate and then another roommate this strange this guy um, and he his friend was looking for a his friend part-time nanny yeah. for triplets okay and then i did that for a year so that was my first nanny job was this uh russian family oh. triplet i don't know why i just said russian family it it puts a little flavor. it makes it uh i don't know were more they, uh, you know were cool. they actually russian they were from yeah 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 well oh, that so is cool. it, yeah triplets russia yeah, yeah was
0: triplets too mm-hmm. wow So, you got your first gig through like a, you broke into the nannying biz through a friend. A friend knew somebody, which is often how people break into their their first job in their careers. Right. I tried
1: that agency, but since I just moved there, no one no one wanted me
0: yeah
1: i also like busted my chin for one of the interviews so i like (laughs) rolled up with like a busted chin and like a crazy person uh, yeah Yeah. but like just moved from to california (laughs) so okay so
0: lots of questions but what made you choose san diego as like why did you move to san diego from pennsylvania (laughs)
1: the door just kind of opened up like i was between i graduated college i ended a, a long term relationship and i was looking at new new york philadelphia and san diego i knew i wanted a city or mm-hmm. some place that i could grow and my good friend was out here for about 3 years before me and throughout those 3 years was like come out come out but the timing wasn't well Then her brother moved to LA. Open room, relationship ended. Yeah, school was done. Had I was like, I'll give it a year. Yeah, and that was almost six years ago.
0: Wow, so you graduated uh, college like your mid twenties.
1: Yeah, yeah. I took a yeah a little later.
0: So why is that?
1: I went to community college. I was the first to graduate in my family. So so not I don't know why that, but that made me a little. I was learning kind of as I was going, I think. Yeah,
0: you didn't have the um, your parents or older siblings who uh-huh. knew what, the, what that experience was about. Right. Right. Uh,
1: I went to community college, and then I took a year and a half off. I went to, did some traveling in India, right. and then came back, got adjusted back. That's when I started working at the preschool, and... Uh, got into my first apartment with friends and then started back at school. Yeah. I guess 22. Yeah, Yeah. 22, and then finished out three more years at the university.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay.
1: So I was 25. Yeah, 25.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to come back to the Nanny ink, but now I'm just – I'm going to lots of tangents. Now I'm interested in your your personal history. So – you're the first to graduate from college. How many siblings do you have?
1: Older brother and older sister.
0: Okay, so you're the baby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Isn't it interesting that a lot of creatives are the baby of the family?
1: Yeah. Or, or I, do
0: you notice that? Because I do.
1: It might. Well, what I've been no- Well, I heard something that I've been chewing on this week is that the. You, the firstborn is usually the smartest because they have the most, meaning technically they should be the smartest in the sense of intellect, I think, because they have the first gene, like the first- um, The first
0: dibs of the genetics. Right, of the the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, cool.
1: So I think maybe, not saying creatives are, I think that it's, yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe that by the end, the parents are, like let their kids actually go to explore the I think world.
0: It, I think it's a definite, there's a nurture thing where they're less rigid, less strict, mm-hmm. less structured. And they are a little bit more open, more liberal raising mm-hmm. that, that that last kid. Right. Um, and then, yeah, maybe a little, there's a little bit of the um, leftover genetics. I know <laughs> I did. Oh, my God. As far as just phenotype, like my physical attributes, I get like all the worst things from each parent. <laughs> like I got my dad's big nose and then his skinny little body, <laughs> and then like my mom's short height, and just all rolled. It. Anyway, um, yeah, but that's funny. Uh, anyway, so you were the the, the youngest of three. Uh, f- first, got to go, so what was your um, what was your childhood like? And I I mean that's a very big question, but. What was your family dynamic like? And then speak to since you, I know you through improv was creativity and performance that kind of or any kind of artistic type of endeavor was that like nurtured when you were a kid? Did mm-hmm. you do any kind of stuff like that when you were growing up?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. I was really, I was really shy. I had trouble speak. Like I, as I reflect on my childhood, it's like. It um, I think I can put a lot of blame like on the dysfunction of my family. Mm-hmm. But then like if I even go deeper into that, it's like, wow, like I couldn't, I had trouble speaking. So my world view was that no one understands me. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes even like farther before like my parents splitting up and changing, you know that kind of trauma um dysfunction that i can like at one point was like that's when it all started but i think it goes even deeper to that um but yeah i my so youngest of three my mom by the time i was in the mix my mom was homeschooling my brother and sister Hmm. and then ended up homeschooling me but i was having trouble learning how to read Mm -hmm. and she was at her like 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 frustration at the like snipping of she was at her wits end yeah wits end up to here you know like (laughs) up to her head right um so she she had trouble teaching me and then realized like i couldn't pronounce the words so in first grade i was in went to public school just for speech therapy yeah and then by second grade, I went into public school. Yeah. So I was a little late on reading and uh, reading and math. Yeah. And things, and I don't think it's my mom's fault. I think what I needed was just a little above her. Right. And she, I don't think she realized. Yeah. Because I was kind of timid and shy. And
0: it sounds like you had like a speech impediment.
1: Yeah, I couldn't uh, pronounce my R's and then people didn't understand. And then I was also pretty key, like cute i think like so i got your
0: own (laughs) horror
1: no i (laughs) no no, i just got like weird you know like i think it was kind of cute so they
0: didn't really address it as a serious problem because it was just so adorable Uh, right yeah right so i'm
1: not tooting my own no but i think it could uh, and uh, that i was homeschooled and my mom really believed in playing so like letting us just like do our schoolwork and then just exploring and playing Mm hmm. So, yeah. And then once I was in second grade, I just like were I just remember like wanting to be not normal, but like want, like just like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then along with like being a little different comes along with the bullying. So mm. I got bullied pretty young, I mm-hmm. would say.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, um, yeah.
0: So when did you feel, if ever, Uh, that you felt like, oh, I'm fine. I finally caught up to my peers. I'm finally, quote, unquote, normal, or like, they kind of accepted me as when did that happen? Or did that did that happen?
1: Um, I think I found my niche and like that I worked hard and like, I liked people, I think I just talked and I was kind of funny and just kind of and I I knew I attract like I was friends with like the bad quote unquote like bad girls but like I didn't always like I always loved school so I early on I just like turned got into learning yeah and like I loved it yeah and so I think I always put learning and progressing over like the social norm yeah even though sometimes I got eaten alive yeah You know, which isn't uncommon, but still.
0: Sure. So you went to, I mean, you never went back to homeschooling after that, right? right? Yeah. Cool. So what kind of high schooler were you? Like, what kind of kid were you?
1: I, uh so i think i was pretty dark pretty soon i got um my parents split up at 11 okay. by like 12 or 13 i really got pretty dark like i almost failed seventh grade i i i was pretty dark like pretty su, uh, yeah i was suicidal and oh, like wow. really like dark pretty young yeah by 14 though by 13 into 14 like the summer into 8th to ninth, I started coming into my own I think like Mm -hmm. I it kind of came apparent to my parents like how depressed and like suicidal I was that they started intervening a little bit and I started practicing gratitude I would say in in hindsight that's what I started practicing and and uh appreciation for life and then i but that i was still pretty dark and i started smoke, like doing experimenting with drugs at yeah. that time so i think that kind of helped like
0: smoking that reefer yeah that, <laughs> get
1: like that a group um sure but in that also i started to write so writing was my first like like escape i think like artistic endeavor
0: yeah that was like your creative outlet was, mm-hmm. was writing. Mm-hmm. Did you do any type of theater, or drama, performing? No. It was just writing. Writing.
1: And, writing and then a, into painting. Oh, wow. And then improv is the first um, endeavor that I did on stage. Yeah.
0: And how old were you when, when you did improv for the first time? Was that in high school, college, or was it not? Here, tw- no, in San, San Diego. Was, okay, okay yeah, wow. And
1: FCI was the first stage that I... yeah. Ever step foot on? Oh wow.
0: Well, so all right, you're jumping ahead then. Yeah. Because so, you're so you go from writing and painting in high school, and you graduate. Um, you know, obviously your parents' divorce took a toll on you, which it does with a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you were able to figure out some pretty at least one positive coping me- mechanism yeah. not a not a coping and mechanism and serving
1: like i i went on i i got plugged in with a church but i always had trouble like totally committing my life over to god yeah. because i like drugs sure <laughs> so. yeah <laughs> <And> <laughs> so it was what always. A quote <laughs> <laughs> i was always this like i you know so all my friends that like i felt Connected with and, like, still I cherish. You know, we grew up together. We're all, like, dark lost sheep that came together yeah. and, like, found each other. yeah um, And we had, yeah, that it was, like, you know, this idea of, of yoking, you know, like this quote from the Bible of, like, not yoking yourself with people, you know, certain sin or whatever. Sure. I always just had trouble with. So, but from then, pretty kind of early on i just like trusted god with my life yeah um so i just continue to trust you know now i can think of like higher power or i'm not connected with the church but it's definitely since you know i can say painting and art um was the catalyst but also like believing in a god kind of helped yeah even though it wasn't like traditional like growing up in the church it was a kind of um yeah
0: wow okay so do you so do you currently believe in a in in a god or in god the idea of God. yes okay cool but
1: a personal kind of yeah I, i do i believe in like a personal i believe we're all i don't know yeah, you I do. Yeah, right. yeah, I believe in something. How
0: how how connected is it to the traditional, like Christian God? Is it? I mean, is like as, that's the foundation of most of the Western society's like uh, thought of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious about your like how you view it now. You know, since you sort of rejected that church connection early on. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, what what is your idea of of God like, or how close is it connected to like a religion versus just your own I personal guess, spiritual type of thing?
1: Mm-hmm. I guess it it is always like I'm always torn. Not torn, but there's always like how. Am I living to my truest self? Yeah. You know, I guess that has been my role. And am I too much in this warmness? Like, am I just too scared to like totally commit to a higher power or totally commit to anything? I'm just Mm kind of like wafting through the winds of life which isn't a bad place to be uh i re i mean i can't say i'm super religious like i don't wake up and say i have to do x y and z so i can get x y and z um but i guess from my you know to answer your question and to, to foundation of like my growing up in a christian home is that i do find some fruits in like jesus and the Bible. Yeah. But not, I wasn't, grew up in the Catholic church and like this super, there's some beautiful elements that I cherish of how I was raised. Yeah. But then I also like seeing my parents have fall from graces, like know the reality of life too. Or I feel like. Yeah. So, and I don't feel like I know the right way. Right. So I try to go through life without judging. Yeah. Or telling someone that they're sinful, you know, like yeah. are you sinful or this and that. I just try to lead by action.
0: Sure.
1: But, you know, yeah. I'm a, I'm a fallen human. You know, like I have my own shit and yeah. we all do. So I try. Yeah. That's my best.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, my cats are chasing each other. But I've
1: been always so scared to say it. To say like I'm a Christian because of – I what other people might think of me. So yeah, there's a like, stigma for...
0: Yeah. And so you do consider yourself a Christian, quote-unquote.
1: I, um, yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. I believe in, Je- you know, I... Yeah, I believe in the message of Jesus. Yeah. But yeah. with that, yeah, it makes me nervous to say it over a microphone because it's like all the stigma that comes with it.
0: Well, I think anybody listening up to this point, and especially anybody who knows you... Like, you don't fit that mold of what some people stereotype what a Christian, quote-unquote, is, um, or at least the negative qualities, like Mm -hmm. judgmental, you know, overzealous, um, you know, dumb, or, like, they believe in this, like, you know, poppycock. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't identify as a Christian I used to, but, like, I think your version or what you are as a Christian I think is probably if if Jesus was the son of God truly like I think your way of living is what he probably wanted in the world and not what a lot of people see on TV Mm -hmm. Um, people bashing gays and immigrants it's more so you like you're more Christ-like than they are because you're just like yeah I'm not judging I'm here to serve Mm -hmm. I practice gratitude like you know, very humble. So, um, I don't think you should be at all hesitant to say it because I think anybody who knows you knows that, um,
1: and I'm still going to whip out a dick on stage. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hit that bomb. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, um uh, but yeah, thanks for asking, you know, getting me down that that whole because it is part of my life you know cuz i can put a lot of stake on like writing and and painting and but i felt like those were all me tr- trying to use the gifts that god has given me. Yeah.
0: Another thing I what i another thing is that i'm sort of pondering now is cuz i grew up catholic was super religious in college uh really gung ho and then um had like a falling from grace sort of mm-hmm. thing i i
1: catholic, like gone catholic, through catholicism um mm-hmm.
0: when, when i was in college it was more non-denominational okay. uh mm-hmm. i still went to catholic mass but like the group that i found myself in was mm-hmm. like a non-denominational type of more i guess protestant based but mm-hmm. um but uh so i no longer believe in god so there was a point where I was very angry at God because I was I had a depression mm-hmm. which I didn't know it was depression. So mm-hmm. I was just miserable in college, mm. didn't know why, I was blaming God for it. Mm. That led me to like hate God and then stop believing him,
1: mm-hmm. stop
0: believing in him, but mm-hmm. like I was t- telling myself that, but I was just I was like was still believing in him but just angry. Mm. And then eventually that all passed and um so I no longer you know, I'm a Christian, I no longer have any kind of anger towards my idea of God. But now I'm starting to think like, whether it's because humans need this or because it's hardwired into my DNA because mm-hmm. I grew up in the religious household. Mm-hmm. Um, I am s- wondering if I need like some sort of spirituality element to my life to be more complete. Mm-hmm. Even if that's a spirituality without god which exists which is there Mm -hmm. um there is that um but so yeah that's just i don't have an answer but that's just something i'm pondering of like you know i'm pretty much an atheist for all intents and purposes but Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i sort of would i be more complete with the spiritual side whatever that would be Mm -hmm. i don't know
1: right that's interesting right anywho and it i think if i think when we grasp that we know that we know anything like when we say we know i think that's when we lose lose part of our being you know and i i I, even who's to say you don't need to question question or the you know it's part of like a a process and i think that that element can translate onto the improv stage well because it's like we go without you know when we think we know it so well that's when we can see elements of just I don't know the the joy can be taken out
0: right yeah. because
1: we're trying to manipulate you know like either manipulate the scene or like manipulate life into our direction. Right. When we think we know if i you know if if i say i'm only a painter, i might have never found myself that i like to be on stage. Yeah. Or you know or if i would have been in those beliefs of like i'm i don't know how to talk, like no one will understand me if i read out loud or they'll make fun of me, no one likes me if i stayed with those beliefs, i might have never moved out of my mom's house. So I think also like saying knowing so much, and when you do have a transformation in your heart, you do, you know, for you, you do know. Mm -hmm. But I think it can be limiting when we stop there.
0: I see what you're saying. Good point. You raise good points, Jay Farb. Um, All right. Let's move on. So you, you, you mentioned that you... Like, went to community college and then took some time off, went to India. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that like? What would you do there?
1: It was great. It was actually – so, when I said, like, service, I did, quote, unquote, mission. And I have trouble saying this because all the stigma of, like, missionary work, yeah. which in hindsight, you know, I – chew on still that term but since i'm trying to be honest with the world and myself like i'll just say the word but for <laughs> me i'm for years i've just said like volunteer work yeah. because to me that's how like i well i guess it, it got a better reaction from other people because yeah. of the term you know but yeah. i worked at a school which was also a widow's home um yeah. yeah so how
0: long was how long uh, six that? months Okay.
1: Six months. Yeah, it was. It was challenging and great, and it was eleven years ago, and I can't believe how long ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like these big mountains of an experience, and yeah. then time passes, and you're like, "What
0: did you take from that experience? What did you learn from uh, it? What what I, part of you now exists that wouldn't have existed without going there?"
1: I think I grew up a little bit. I, I went there. at tw- I turned 21 there right a month before I got there. And again, I wasn't like new to drinking or the drug game. So like to be uh, kind of sober mm-hmm. and just the the primitive, like to kind of see the old way of living. Which I don't know if we do, we get to see in America, you know, or in, in my America, in my, in my worldview. I, I wasn't, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I mean, just cattle on the street and the dirt and the, the constant, constant worship and the, the smell. I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any other place in the world <laughs> like India. Yeah and i that was 11 years ago so i'm sure it has changed like so much i was in uh, varanasi which was it, it's part of it's one of the oldest um holy cities in in the hindu religion so um the ganges, the ganges are right there and people bathing and tons of worship and burning people and yeah just, Dead people or yeah uh well yeah okay. dead people no, burning them alive no are they? no okay no no okay. i didn't see any of them <laughs> although i think they used to right. yeah uh yeah it just was and then to also like stick being like the only white woman around was you know humbling and yeah yeah. And then also seeing like the close, you know, you walk past like these little shanty towns, these little but also it's like wow, their family structure is there yeah. versus like the brokenness of them, you know, so it makes me question. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh yeah. Like they're okay. Right. They don't yeah, they're okay.
0: They have that mm-hmm. family.
1: Right, and work, you know, it's like, or what is okay? What is, yeah, but there is beauty in education and, uh, yeah, in education.
0: Yeah.
1: I loved it, though. Yeah, that
0: sounds, I've spoken with a couple of people who have also been to India, and um, it sounds like an amazing experience, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a very challenging experience. Mm -hmm. I do not want to go because I'm just so afraid like, I just have – well, I have anxiety, so I just, like, just thinking about that. I'm like, like, you know, just the, the, the chaos. There's, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, so many so many people, mm-hmm. and there's just so much chaos, mm-hmm. and then the smell. I mean, that's mm-hmm. still there, according to this girl that has been there. You know, it's yeah. just like, wow, that's, like, humanity, yeah. boom, right in your face. Yeah. Like, no frills, boom, there it is. It was,
1: like, I – yeah, I took a – You know, you get off the, it's just all, like, the imagery is so, it's just, like, I walked out of the plane, and you don't, you know, you're on a long flight, and it's just, like, a sea of, like, people, and this curry, and you're just, like, (laughs) hot instantly, and, like, okay, like. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I, we took a long train ride to where I was gonna be, and, like, when I got to where I was gonna be, I was, I just started crying. Why? Just like, I, I think just emotions and like, I don't know if I can do that. Like yeah. at that time, I was going to stay nine months and yeah. something happened with the girl that I, I went with. So we, I ended up, she was leaving after six months and I, it was just me and her and we were like really partnered up. And I was like, I, I, I couldn't see like another three months. T- to stay without her, so I ended up leaving too. But in hindsight, it's like, what's three months? I should have stayed, but I didn't, you know. You get caught up in the emotion.
0: Sure. Wow. Okay. So you did that, Mm -hmm. um, came back to the US of A, Mm -hmm. finished college, Mm -hmm. got your fine arts degree. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to talk about, or I'm, I'm just curious to know, You said before you came to San Diego, you had your, uh, you had just gotten out of a long term. Uh, relationship.
1: It's. It was two and a half years. Is that long term? Yeah, okay. That's, is that the beginning of the long term, or like? I say that's.
0: <laughs> I think anything over. I think two years is the minimum of like okay. long term. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, that was kind of a long term commitment. Was two years. Yeah. Two, I mean, okay. Two and okay.
1: I. Yeah. I was just uh, recently. I'm like, is that like what constitutes as the long term? <clears throat>
0: Judge's ruling, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, we don't have to go into super detail about that whole relationship, but um, is there anything that anything, – I'm sure there are positives that you took away. I'm sure it was a mm-hmm. learning experience, right? Yeah. Was that the longest relationship up to up in that time? or you have, have you Yeah,
1: had, I was yeah? pretty single up to that point. Yeah. You know, I was – yeah, I was pretty single. He – that I, um, yeah, ever. I, I was, he was probably the first guy that, like, I pretty f- fell for. And, yeah. 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 I, it was a bit traumatic, uh, of a relationship, but beautiful too. Like, I'm so glad, you know, the biggest thing I walk away from it is, like, I'm glad I was able to fall in love. Yeah. Because I think that, in itself is a treasured thing. Sure. That n- not, yeah, that I'm glad I had that experience. You know, in, in hindsight, I'm glad I had that experience. When I moved out here, we were, we lived together. Um, when I moved out here, it was less than a year of us splitting up, and I had some hard times first moving out here. Because I didn't tell him, and yeah, it just was things were getting brought up. Um, because I think I've always wanted to. I at that time like wanted to move out to California with him, and but I, um, yeah, it was it was beautiful. Like I fell fell in love. So wow. But I also am thankful, and it also taught me that I'm stronger than I thought because I, I walked out of it. Um. I didn't try to fix what was going on too, and I walked out of it, which was hard. Yeah. But I, you know, in hindsight, is like, wow, like it was brave to uh, leave the situation. Yeah. So,
0: can you say like w- why did you guys break up? Like why did it end?
1: He got he got uh, pretty mentally ill. Oh. Uh, pretty schizo... I, 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 he was schizophrenic. Okay. So I didn't... I think he had a... Re- a you know, when we first dated, I think it was kind of in re-emission. He okay. had some episodes before we were together. Uh, slowly, his life started to deteriorate. Mm. And I... Yeah, like... You know, it's it was slow building. Like, all these stories... And then he was connecting stuff. And I, you know, I'm trying to, I was like, yeah, like trying to be understanding. I yeah. was also like finishing up my, it was a hell of a year, like my senior year of college, like with my thesis and like all this. And then slowly things started uh, going, like he lost his car couldn't pay for stuff and then he lost his job and then I was put into the stories and I was like I know I didn't do that shit so like I knew there was more to it and then there was like people following and him staying up late and some guns involved and wow. crazy like was, I woke up one morning and the all the the um our garage windows were all spray painted shut, hmm. and uh, yeah, it just became really unman really scary. Yeah, really scary. And I, I didn't want to leave. I, I believe that he could get help, but yeah. he, it was just too. So when I left, I really wanted him to get help, yeah. um, but and I wasn't totally gone. But once. I knew he wasn't going to get help then. Then you left. Well, I when I left, I left out of the safety of myself. Sure. But then I I wasn't totally gone. Yeah. I just I needed space, I guess, or we technically broke up. But yeah. I, if he would have gotten help, I think I would have maybe stayed by his side, you know. Yeah. to But it just got way too way over my head Jeez, so that yeah. was you know seven i don't know it's 27 yeah i don't know yeah. how long ago yeah i, that miss, sounds, or I was 25 yeah mm-hmm.
0: What well, that's um yeah that sounds really tough uh when the person that you love you, out of your control is their mind is deteriorating and there's nothing you can do about mm-hmm. it that sounds awful
1: yeah it was scary and then i had like then after i was gone he like there was a gun like just gun situations and that was probably the scariest um yeah time of i just had trouble like being home by myself and yeah some stuff like that i yeah it's just it 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 keeps you help at that point though the biggest lesson i learned is like i can only care about myself like i can only eat what like i can only like really function i can only like manage control what like i put inside my body (laughs) yeah so yeah that was a big takeaway at that time yeah and then after we broke up i had a resurgence of kind of self and figuring out the like new next step and I stayed with my mom for uh, eight months before I moved out to San Diego nice. and that was a healing and good process I think for me yeah. to do that
0: yeah okay do you know if I mean did he ever get I help
1: saying, I you know for a while there I was contacting I, I, you know we were talking there for a while um, you know he's like so are you in San Diego and a little bit of messaging back and forth. I called him. I had a question. Yeah, some things came up in our relationships that I felt like I wanted to apologize for, so I did that. And uh, it was always, like, up and down with him, like he was doing good, not good, clear, not clear. Mm -hmm. I was contact. And then uh, finally that kind of faded direct contact with him. Uh, I was in contact with his uh, sister, in law for or family you know here and there mm-hmm. but it's faded okay. you Now, yeah cool. yeah I have no I don't really know <laughs> yeah. how he's doing right. and I don't really think about it anymore so it's yeah. good you know yeah I feel like I've healed for the most part yeah from it
0: good for you uh so you took this time away you got some recharging some healing at uh, mama farb's place um <laughs> and uh Country. Country. Nice. Uh, and then you came out to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he started nannying. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin's uh, <laughs> nephews and nieces. <laughs> triplets. Uh, and then you uh, so you transitioned to this new family. I want to ask you a question. Do you feel like you love the kids?
1: Uh, you know, I've been chewing on it. Like what? Yeah, I do. I think yeah. I'm like
0: how can you not? If you're if you're taking care of kids for years, how do how do yeah. you not like
1: love them? And I'm starting to like realize I feel like a par- like I relate to parents when they talk. Yeah. But I I'm not a parent. I'm not a mom. Like right. you know, I I'm not and so there's just a connection between a child and a mom. Right. I could be, you know, it's horrible to say, but I don't want to say it but but i could see it that like abusive kids just want their you know a mom could be really abusive to parents can be abusive to their kids but like i'm not saying that's my situation but i'm just like the kids just want their blood
0: yeah do you want kids
1: um so i think i get i think Well, I don't, I can only speak for myself. I I was going to generalize it into the female being. um, But I think I'll just speak for myself that there is a pull, you know, or like a natural pull to like want kids or should I have kids, especially entering, you know, I'm going to be 30, 30, being 32. And it's like the only thing I can't do forever. Not we, We can't do a lot of things forever. But like if for the most part, if like I keep myself, Healthy in the terms that I know. And I could go back to school at 40 and change. You know, my mom, she went to school and got a degree and has a doing something that she's totally wasn't doing.
0: Right.
1: In her 20s. So, like, I. But having a child is not something I could do forever. Right. I could adopt or, you know. and But also, I think there is a development of both a a parent you know a development we get with having children Uh, you know even they're growing but we're growing too and we learn from them I feel like I do being in this intimate work situation I do get some of those outlets out of there after traveling like for a month I I've traveled with them before but this trip I'm like you know what I don't know if I want kids and kinda of having peace with that. And why I say that is because whatever your life is, you put the energy towards whatever you put the energy towards, it grows. And I I just think I'm more pulled to like putting more energy towards creative outlets. Yeah. Than that. It can be done, children and creative outlets. There's artists that do it, but in my circumstances of being single and my financialness and being independent, I think I probably have to be, you know, not make a choice. Yeah. You know, if I got pregnant, it would be a hard choice. To, I'm not like against abortion. I just at this age, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it would be hard because yeah. I do see the gifts. working with children of the beauty and the gifts and the that they really can bring yeah and the craziness yeah all of it but i so it's a hard question for me if i want it or not right now i'm not super drawn to like i know i have some friends that are like i want kids and they've got they've got them but i've never had that pull but i think working with children gets that kind of
0: starts ringing that yeah. bell a
1: little bit or no it puts the energy towards it like i'm okay yeah. without him i, oh, I you I know see. like you know like i can i can get That's, that that
0: that scratches that itch itch for you.
1: yeah and yeah. then i can go out and be a freak yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: nice okay all
1: right um but it's like trusting uh, you know that idea of you know when i'm older like who's gonna take care of me but sometimes you have children and They want nothing to do with you. So I could have children in that, you know, out of that, that greedy, you know, that egocentric place of like, well, what if I'm old and no one will love me? It's like you just I I, that's when like trusting the the world or, you know, trusting whatever choice I make, kind of I'll be taken care of.
0: Yeah, that's where I've I've never had that thought of who will take care of me. I, I really don't care. Like, I, I've never had the thought. Um, I don't know. I feel like by then, maybe euthanasia will be, like, legal. Cause right? Like, right. I you know, you just want to die. Right. I don't know. Yeah. As soon as, if I can't take care of myself anymore, like, just kill me. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Uh, who wants to live that life?
1: Yeah. I, don't. I had a, a beautiful moment. Like, my, we we're all just, like, casually sitting around my mom's kitchen table and. My aunt's there, and she doesn't have any children, never been married. And she's like, wow, this is just so great. Everyone's together. And it just felt normal. Mm. So I do think children, and especially as they get older, that that communal, that um, together, it does bring like a, a bind. Yeah. But it can easily be broken. Sure. So. Well,
0: I think Hugh Hefner was very happy in his situation. Right?
1: He- how many? Or...
0: Do you know who Hugh Hefner is? Yeah, he's Played dead with... now. Yeah, he's yeah. dead. Yeah. No, he didn't have...
1: He no. didn't have any?
0: Oh, I have no idea if he did, actually. Okay. But...
1: I think he did. Did he? Yeah, Hugh Hefner, I... yeah, I think he knocked probably. up a few. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I think.
0: Yeah, probably. Maybe
1: not. Hugh Hefner, I haven't heard of him in a while.
0: Yeah, it's been a while.
1: Did um, he die a lonely man?
0: How could he be lonely? He was in a castle full of playmates. He was never lonely
1: wow
0: Hugh he, hefner Hugh hefner just living the dream
1: he might have uh, who knows though what he was yeah, like no, you he know he's,
0: he probably longed for uh intimacy i mean he, he did he i kept,
1: wonder if he was ever in love he
0: kept getting married so i'm sure he did yeah, you know he did he kept getting married to all those young girls mm-hmm. so he probably didn't want uh companionship and such yeah so maybe i should count my blessings
1: yeah, do yeah. you want children?
0: Uh, I'm sort of in the sit. Well, I'm i I'm split on it, but heavily toward no. There's a small part of me who's sort of open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I think because I ha- I have depression and it was severe when I first got it, and mm-hmm. so. A large part of my adult life, pretty much my entire adult life has been marred by a lot of suffering um, that went untreated for a while. Mm -hmm. So I think that sort of shaped my worldview of having children because I I think like, why would I bring somebody, you know, this hypothetical person doesn't exist yet, Mm -hmm. but if I choose to, I can make them exist Mm -hmm. and then they're going to suffer. And like, Mm -hmm. because I suffered, that's how I see like life, you know, um, you know, that it's full of suffering. And, um, so I just don't see, yeah, I just don't, I see the selfish in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess I don't, how could one really understand the gifts unless someone like you who work with works with kids a lot but mm-hmm. you know I was a, right. I was a camp counselor for a couple of summers and like uh, just like it was so hard mm-hmm. having to be responsible for children it was it sucked like mm-hmm. I, I I it was really difficult and just it wasn't fun and so what I think of like what do I want in life and I'm very selfish about it you know with this, this or that and kids aren't like I don't see them as being bringing joy I'm sure they probably would right Mm -hmm. um how could like i mean i'm actually thinking about starting a Well, i'm gonna start another podcast where i interview parents to talk about this kind of shit okay um but yeah so i just see too many negatives um but i'm sure that if i did have kids it would be i would get a lot out of it and i think i would be a good father and um but i would still fuck them up somehow Mm -hmm. uh but I, so I, I have all of these things that are preventing me from that desire, and it's mostly mired in my own suffering..
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. So who that's knows? valid.
0: Yeah. I
1: don't feel drawn. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm just wishy. Yeah, I question, like, why am I not drawn to being married or having kids or why am I? So I'm kind of, and I'm I, sometimes I feel like I'm more conservative on the marriage side, but then I question, like, why, I, I'm not quite sure why I might be pulled, why I think marriage is important yet for myself. Yeah. But who knows?
0: All things shall be revealed in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's go back to: Is so you're in San Diego, you're nannying. How do you get into improv? What leads you there?
1: I always say God. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I, I started the job, the my job I have now, and I was like, I I have this job, I that I I paying the most I ever got paid. I'm in California, like I got it, like I should. Be happy like I'm like why The fuck am I so depressed like I Am so I Am just like I am like What is wrong with me like Why is the cycle coming again like Why am I hitting this darkness Again Um, And I guess In the past it's always been Like a situation that's like oh that's Why I'm dark you know and uh, this cycle but I was Just there and and I think in The past I always said Okay, I'll exercise, I'll eat right, start feeling good about myself, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll do all these external things
0: uh-huh.
1: and life will start flowing or, you know, things, something will happen good out of that. Uh, this time, for some reason, I said, you know what, I'm going to just uh, work on inside. I'm just going to like, we'll see about exercise, you know, we'll see if that like comes into play. So I started so I I went to therapy at a young, young age, but I was on and off, but I went back to therapy. And then I, so I just, it was the first time in my life, I realized that I had like, this, this concept of the critic voice and the compassionate voice in my set. And it was the first time I had awareness of how, how my thoughts ran me, like how my critic voice was just high alert, high alert, high alert. And this concept of like we both we always have these con we always have the two voices in our head, but it's just like out of balance. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I at that time like I was waking up um every morning like you're fat. I'm fat like I told myself these horrible shit every morning. And I was like, holy shit, like I've been telling myself I'm fat every morning since i've been like probably 12 years old you know and it's like i was like you know what i'm gonna start waking up and saying i'm strong i you know i believe it or not i'm just like i i don't care like if i uh whatever you know it doesn't matter so i just like started changing a little bit how i thought about myself Mm um and it so i with the um, therapist she was the first therapist I probably ever kind of connected with or got somewhere with I felt like yeah. um, I read this book There's Nothing Wrong With You which was a light read and um, I just got into like my thinking of like the, that that critic voice yeah. uh, I uh, found restorative instead of like pushing myself like exercise like hard 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 i found like restorative yoga yeah. uh and just being more in tune with my body and then that was a few months of me just like being slow working in myself and i just started to seeing these little shifts happen and then i was like you know what like I never expressed myself on stage because I was like, you know, I was always drawn to it and I'm physical, like, especially if like I got drunk, like I was like a crazy physical person in the corner, like dancing by themselves or like being crazy with just like a mad person. But I, at that time I was like, you know what, maybe I'll take an acting class. And that was like in July. And I, I didn't really give it much thought. I, uh, yeah, and then my therapist, she left. So I kind of slowed down on She left in August. And then my dad came to visit in September. And I was like, to my dad, I was like, I think I might take an acting class. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Uh, blah, blah, blah. But uh, he, yeah, he was staying at the Lafayette. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and oh the story i I love this story but i he was staying at the lafayette and i told him earlier that day and then like we got back to the lafayette i dropped him off and i was going to walk into his room but we pulled in outside at fci uh, and he was like oh look improv or you know it was like a sign i think was out like enroll now or he's like, look, classes. And I'm like, oh, cool. And he's like, I'm like, should I get a pamphlet? And he's like, yeah, go get a pamphlet. So I got a pamphlet. And then we went up to his room, hung out for a little bit. I decided to go. I wanted to go home. So I got back to my car. And I was like, fuck, I forgot the pamphlet. So I walked up to get another one. But by that time, they were open. Oh. And <laughs> Jesse was at the box <laughs> Jesse (laughs) Jesse Soufan was at the box office, and Uh, I'm like, hey, like, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking about taking acting class. I told him, I think, the story probably about the pamphlet, and he's like, yeah, you know, he sold me on it. He's like, "Uh," he's like, yeah, I was like, is there classes? And I signed up that night for level one. He's Uh, like, oh, yeah, Kat's great. And I was like, well, I might be traveling because there was talk of me traveling with work to go for China in that October. Um, And he's like, well, you know, you call cancel. And he's like, go inside and go check out a show. And I did. And I walked in and there was like I don't know four people and they're like dark and uh, someone was like journaling or someone was like well this is my perception yeah. like someone's like with a notebook by themselves someone's eating a burger by themselves and someone's just watching and I like sat down and I was like oh my gosh like and it was just the right amount of like grungy like I was like I belong here yeah. and then I walked out Yeah, and then I, it was a journey, like, I was scared, well, I guess everyone's journey, but, like, scared out of my mind all the time, and wasn't sure. It wasn't until I would say, like, level four that I'm like, I'm into this, like, or I think there's something here. But I was pretty closed off, um, shy, and pretty closed off to it all, Um, and then... Yeah, like I remember sitting in my ch- my car, like they better not, we better not play Zip Zap up. We, be- <laughs> I swear, if that zips up, <laughs> and it wasn't, I never did a greenhorn. I bailed out of all my greenhorns. Yeah, it wasn't till yeah. I don't know. I didn't go to a lot of student shows. I retook like I retook um, three and then once i connected then i found i retook or i took i switched a day and i always tell this kind of when i'm thinking about people and you know they're so tied to their their group mm-hmm. their their who they started level 1 with yeah. which is great and beautiful but i think to not be so tied there's so much growth um that happens like i was with level 1 and 2 with a certain people and then I switched a day and I went and I that's when I went into that level three with people I didn't know that's when I met uh some of my you know best friends now in improv uh Seamus and Amber and uh my friend Nina which she's went through FCI's program but doesn't really perform anymore and um yeah, busy signal. Yeah. Like my first team, my first. Yeah. Yeah. So you just never yeah. know. Yeah, and then I just. Um, yeah. So that's how I found it, and then and then it was a beautiful thing. I was always thankful that I'm so glad that that was my first experience on a stage versus an acting class because it 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 fuels that idea of that critic voice i mean that the philosophies of following the fear and and being aware of the voice of saying no that'll be stupid you know it fuels all that so it was like wow i am like just learned this little concept in the beginning of or last year for the first time of this critic and here i am like able to practice it yeah and i don't know that will never go away
0: So what do you do with the critic voice and improv when you're performing? Do you, you're aware of it. Do you ignore it or do you like go towards what it's saying? Like how do you interact with that critic voice now?
1: I guess it's hard to say. Some days it's like, I, you know, it's all all learning of where I am now. Like some days I don't even hear it. You know, and I just make a choice, but sometimes I walk off a stage and go and shove my face with pizza, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I just, like, what the fuck did I just do? You know, like, sure. eat myself up about it. Um, so, I guess it's the process. Yeah. Um, but now, uh, trusting yourself, I think as you practice, I mean, as you practice, you learn to trust yourself. Yeah. And trust how you're playing. And know that not every show, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the twenty-five minutes, it's over. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's done. Yeah. Never, there was never a, again. Never again. And I think that's the attraction and the beauty of it. I just know that there's, you know, my when I signed up for level improv level one, my friend, my good friend that I moved out here with. Uh, she's like well maybe it'll be a good outlet for your craziness and i really think that's what um and then i question like why do i do it but i think it's that like i can be who i am and get rewarded yeah not rewarded it but get a reaction you know get a laugh or get a compliment or get a get a chance to be part of a community and then i just like fell in love with watching it and uh, yeah i just fell in love with it yeah like many of us you know what i see many people do
0: yeah
1: just felt like mine was a little you know i still feel like i don't i still want to learn it
0: sure you know i yeah so
1: but what, not get burned out either you know like i you know it's like this fine balance of course of,
0: yeah so you were uh, very reluctant to perform skipping green shows and, and student shows greenhorn shows and student mm-hmm. shows which I'm sure that's a lot of ex- a lot of people's experience because um, they're yeah got stage fright mm-hmm. so when did you first start to get comfortable on stage and what what teams are you currently on by the way
1: I am I'm not I'm not I actually took a little... Right. Well, I've yeah. been traveling, but I'm not on any like indie teams. I did um this year. Well, last year I tried it, but did this experimental little clown duo with right. um Sam Sarah. Yeah. I was on um, Kentucky Waterfall and Where's Brenda? Where's Brenda and Busy Signal were like probably my longest running teams. Mm-hmm. Where's Brenda was out of Conservatory. Busy Signal was out of graduating class uh-huh. i was on fast eddie which was the all ladies group uh-huh. which i love that that was the mono scene i really loved i love doing that with a group of people uh so i coach i co- the last two t- a year and a half i got the privilege of uh coaching fci's pdi program mm-hmm. um your baby and figment oh nice so that just ended up in june yeah so i did that the past yeah so i felt like my growth my learning kind of happened through coaching in yeah. the last year I- i'm on found family yeah and a single lady yeah well now found family changed to i am a teacher so i'm on the teacher crew yeah cool but i feel a little like out of the loop because i haven't yeah i've How been, long have you been gone? Uh, since the end of june
0: june what's today august okay yeah yeah because i feel like when he walked in i was like i haven't seen jessica in a while yeah i've been traveling mm-hmm. um okay so you're a teacher you're on a house team or two a lot of long-running teams uh some would say you're a baller at improvising okay so when did that transition happen for you between between being afraid to do your student shows and bailing mm-hmm. and then finally finally feeling comfortable and like kind of realizing I'm I'm kind of good at this people think I'm funny?
1: Um I think I just started to show up. I started to like like this is something I'm into and I just started to go to jams and go to the Lady Jam was a part of me kind of getting on the stage yeah i i just started to trust the process and to show up yeah and to be eager to um to learn how long do you think
0: was it before you were like in your groove how long did it take do you know
1: i don't know if i feel like i'm in my groove oh, you know like... <laughs>
0: always be hungry <laughs> yeah.
1: well i you know i uh, part of my foundation is just like this insecure little child you don't say yeah. <laughs> so like it's just like you know to think that i don't yeah it's hard to say yeah. and saying yes to opportunities and just yeah. um you know, becoming and finding friends, like finding people that like not only inspire. that, you know, you put these people on these pedestals yeah. and then becoming friends and colleagues with them is just like this cycle of and to realize they're just people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's like and then to think and then I think. There's like a few moments when I got my first laughs that it's just a magical and it taught me like the power of laughing, you know, laughter and the, the heal. you know, there's just been a few times that I got these laughs that are really memorable that keep, keep me coming kind of back, but also not that I'm there for the last, but just this healing, you know? Yeah cuz usually when the laughs come it's you're in the flow yeah. you know like you're not trying to make the yeah it's just like and failing a lot and just being okay with that yeah and not um it, you, improv's busy improv there is a lot of going on like and just learning i think right now is learning to shut things it's okay to shut um things away mm-hmm. you know not show up to everything and right. not you know it's okay yeah and to trust that process because i'm still beginning you know this i still considered if someone's like 10 well i guess i'm more in the i always consider like i've only been doing this the short like if someone's doing something for 10 years it's like i'm still in the beginning ha- beginning part mm-hmm. of it yeah which I guess it's more and it's the first thing I kind of stuck with. Yeah. You know, I I paint and I do art, but I think the social ac- aspect of it and it's like mo- it's the first clubbish kind of thing yeah. that I've been able to stick with. Yeah. And I think it's the first time too it's not surrounded by partying and doing drugs that yeah. you know, it's like this element that can be a part of it if you allow it, but it's, like, we're there for improv. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. I, but I'm still get so scared, you know, it's still, like, then it's, like, also, like, why am I doing it? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, what? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, It it, it is this weird thing, because it's, like, you know, we don't get paid. <laughs> Actually, pay money, sort of. You know, it's just like, but it, yeah, it is this thing that people, improv is like this weird little cult. People get, it's, it, yeah. it, if you catch on to it, you're like, yeah, it's like, a, you, you, you become part of this cult and you just love it so much. Mm-hmm. And it's a big chunk of your life. And
1: mm-hmm. I guess that's what I've always been weary about is the cult thing, because I've never been able, I've always felt like an outside. like I've always been weary of, groups of people and, like, that extreme of life. Mm -hmm. So even in, like, talking about me with being, you know, in the church, that extreme always has kind of – so I feel like improv's been the first extreme – Not it's not extreme, but the first, yeah, like, community that I've been like, wow, I'm a part of this. Yeah. But also learning that it's a, you know – You can make it it a part. You can be a part of it any way you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, But now it's, like, the people. Like, uh, teaching, it's just, like, I'm still super... I I am insecure, like, and talking to people at... Like, I'm, like, a... Like, at a party setting, I'm just, like, all... Like, it's hard for me to focus in, so... Um it's hard sometimes it's hard for me when i go out to see shows or being in show that i actually feel connected to people because i'm much better on the like a one-on-one type of thing
0: yeah all right so um we've gone for almost an hour hour and 20 Mm -hmm. and so uh we're gonna wrap it up i want to ask you a few last questions all right who are some of your favorite improvisers either to play with or to watch?
1: He... Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> what?
1: That's so stupid. Um... You know I love me Kat, like cat yeah. you know I want to say cat Brown just yeah. but cat Dudley i yeah. I love the way she um her bigness on stage and just like oh yeah, she was someone like that was on that pedestal, yeah you know be- my level one teacher and just like yeah so I would say I um Go ahead. She's
0: she, that's a great. She's always had this bigness, like this presence about her, mm-hmm. uh, even off stage. She's just a larger than life type of character. She's always on, like, mm-hmm. and like she's just always funny. And I remember I found out like, what was it last year? It's like she's like twenty nine years old or mm-hmm. some shit. I was like, I know. D-. I was so angry because I, I was like, <laughs> you just seem so.
1: I know. Together and yeah. accomplished. I know. And like you have
0: this maturity. I know. And like you're, you're. I found. Yeah. Ugh.
1: I thought the same thing. I was like, Damn oh. It. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. It great. Yeah. Um, also, like, you know, yeah, I guess just the old, head, not the old heads, but like also, um, I love how I, this is funny. Like, I love Tommy's, um, his physical, his object work yeah. just like kills me all the time. <laughs> yeah. I love um, Brandon coming out, like the way he comes out on stage, <laughs> gets me all the time. I just the little things, yeah. I I love though, like watching. I guess I like though, you know, quote unquote. It, there's and to play with. Um, Anyone that'll support me, I, you know, anyone that, um, it's, it's always a pleasure to play with new people, I think, cause you grow yeah. and to play with people. Um, I, I think like Seamus, we've I feel comfortable with him because I grew you know not grew up but like feel like I went through the program with him mm-hmm. and just really supportive and I don't play with him like regular improv as much as I used to but I you know he comes to mind for for me um, yeah. just like on and off stage um, the yeah. But I almost like like bad imp- – not bad, quote, unquote. That's why I'm doing, like, parentheses, bad improv. I love being surprised by people, mm-hmm. like, what they're say- – like, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So I, I like, you know, some a few months ago, I was kind of in a dark place, and I'm like, you know what? I was, like, with the kids, and they're just, like, dying over, like, a fart joke. And I'm like, you know <laughs> what? Let me – I want – I don't want smart. I don't want like sometimes when scenes go like too heady, I'm just like, you know, like there's a joy with just laughing, yeah, like a little potty humor, yeah. Like I, I know, like I guess where it's coming from, like, yeah. If it people are trying, if if people are uh, like I'm trying to make people laugh, so I'm saying like this, then I I guess I see through that, but sometimes. Yeah, I like a little, or I like seeing people a little awkward. And mm-hmm. I love seeing students and, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, people sticking with it. Because yeah. how easy is it to stop?
0: Yeah, nice. And
1: teams, I like seeing a big team that has been together for a while. And yeah. um, I know that's not a good, but I'm very like yeah. Sa- San Diego, like it's like, well, it's Improv so big, like I'd love to see more shows, and for years now, like in LA or. Sure. But sure. yeah, it's um, it's hard to say because I um, people that are making big things that like I wouldn't do, yeah. I think are always inspiring, and um, the clowns, uh, yeah, just I like to see a show. I also like like improv, like I I like shows like. I like um, genre stuff, but I also like my heart's to like. That's why I love the mono scene because mm-hmm. it's just like I don't know. I like the pure, pure uh, yeah, improv, yeah, yeah. Kind not, and okay. I don't mean to say that, but I like to do other stuff mm-hmm. and like I see the pull to genre because entertaining and people that aren't doing improv don't do improv. Will be like, what the fuck are yeah. we watching? Right. Is this comedy? Is this what? But. Yeah. I like um, kind of like the offbeat sure. kind of stuff. Good answer. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, final question is, uh, well, I just want to solicit some advice, not just for me, but for anybody listening that may be down in the dumps or maybe a little hesitant about something or a little afraid of something. Um, what's just... This is uh, this is a broad question about. I just want some advice from you, but you can make it specific to something that's in your mind or in your heart or something that you just live by. But let's just uh, let's let's sign off with a little bit of advice, some some or words of wisdom from Jessica Farber. What's a truth that you know that you want to share with the world? And by the way, we have millions of listeners, so it's going to be heard by a lot of people.
1: I guess things can be shitty, but if you have a little speck of trust that it could be better, then it might be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jessica Farber, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much
1: good it's it, we're into the wee thank hours you. of the night huh? yeah. yes
0: thank you for being here this was a lot of fun Thanks for was, having me of course this was great I hope you enjoyed it I Again. did all right till next time say bye-bye. bye bye bye